Chicago. This is your new morning routine. Cap and J-Hood. Follow Cap J-Hood on Twitter and Instagram. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app on ESPN 1000. And now on FM at 100.3 HD2. Now, now, now. On Chicago's Home for Sports. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome in to the Captain J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you here on this football Friday. We've got Shay. We got Charlie. We've got you for a three hour ride. Open phone lines for you at 312 332 ESPN. 332 3776 is our telephone number. Good morning, Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. That's exactly where you can watch our show and all the shows here at ESPN Chicago. And Cap, some really great news when it comes to DeMar Hamlin. As the Bills and Bengals game took place on Monday, we know the story of DeMar Hamlin, who had to be taken off the field, had cardiac arrest, uh, was in the hospital, and now he's communicating, being able to write. And the question he asks as he's able to write his first thing, did we win? And the doctor said, no, you won the game of life because you are aware of what's going on, you're writing, and that's such a blessing, Cap, for everything that we've covered here with this story, that he's actually alive to be able to communicate in one way, shape, or form. Yeah, in fact, they're showing on the monitor in our studio right now uh, the f- two doctors that have been most involved in his care. They had a lengthy press conference yesterday, and it was... It, it, I got chills right now just watching those two guys knowing what heroes they are, and they're giving all the praise to the assistant trainer of the Bills who hit the turf quickly. They said he was out there, Mm -hmm. and he was doing the CPR, and they said he saved his life. And then for DeMar to move his arms and legs, respond to commands, they said he is um, neurologically intact was the word that they used. Mm -hmm. Intact. It wasn't, well, there's some deficit. Intact. And then first thing, did we win? I was like, oh, my God. It's amazing, man. And when he woke up, he has no idea. The entire country, people who are not football fans, are praying for him. Mm -hmm. It's really, really amazing. Right. So thank God for the doctors, the power of prayer, the power of well wishes for this young man. The first thing he's thinking is, wait, I know that I was hurt. or I know I'm in this hospital bed, but... Did we win the game? What happened afterwards? Has no idea what happened. And really, I'm sure he's been told, hey, the thing that you've been really pushing to tr- for charity, like it's what is it up to now? Three million, four million? No, I think it's over seven. Seven million? Yep. It's insane. And it's so cool to see people coming together to support this young man's charity. For people that don't know about it, he wanted to raise $2,500 to donate toys. Mm-hmm. And he was struggling to get that. He was, you know, he makes more money than we'll ever make in a year. But it's not like he's wealthy. 
I, I watched a video from someone yesterday who's a retired NFL player and said, okay, let's assume that he never plays again. The league, he does not qualify for a pension. Mm-hmm. Like That's a problem in the National Football League, yes. that a guy can nearly die, lose his livelihood in one moment, and basically they could turn their back on him and go, yeah, good luck to you. I believe he also doesn't get health care. Correct. Unless, I believe he gets health care if he is so critically injured that he needs lifetime care mm-hmm. because it's a workplace injury. But if let's assume that he is able to walk out of the hospital at some point, move on with his life and do whatever it is, but not be able to play football. He does not qualify for a pension. He's making $850,000 this year. That can't last a lifetime after taxes. It cannot. When it comes to the CBA, you make sure that you have no stone unturned. You've got to make sure that these things are taken care of. We talk so much about the retired players and how they need to be taken care of and the money that needs to be sent to them for the, because of their hospital bills and because of their medical issues that they've had from playing a very difficult sport. Well, what about the players of today? You know, when you get to that CBA, you've got to make sure that that stuff is in writing, that's in the language of the deal. You've got to think about today's players because because it's like a series of car wrecks when you're out there playing football. You've got to think about what could happen. I'm not saying that what happened to DeMar Hamlin is something that's commonplace, but you can have something serious like that happen again. We've seen concussions. We've seen devastating injuries, fractures, breaks. What, what about if those players can't come back from that and they're in their first deal, their first contract? Correct. You have to take care of that. So to know that his first question was, did we win? It's crazy. Unbelievable. And they said he's still critically ill, but he's made remarkable progress. So we just want to start the show to let you know the update on that. And that's just a great story on Cap and J Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. It is a football Friday because the Bears are going to take on the Minnesota Vikings, the final game of this regular season. And thank God. But, oh, you, but, but you know, it was interesting, Cap, is so through the ebb and flow of the season, We've heard from so many of our listeners and callers and tweeters and people on Twitch, some that say, man, I hate that the season's going in this direction because you don't get emotionally or financially invested in a team that's going to lose. That's not what you came in here for. Of course, again, if you're just a nine to fiver, you got a family or you're just working and you just kind of casually watch sports or the only time that you really have downtime is to watch that three three and a half hour block of bears football so you care every year right you care that the bears are going to be good and so justin from dallas leads that charge one of our big time listeners and callers that says you know i hate that the bears are losing and what we are saying is hey it's set up this way you're set up to fail but that's the amazing thing we've talked about this johnny that going into the season they were set up to fail the fans are going to fan, though. Right? I, get, I get it. Because you go into the season, some optimistic, some overly optimistic. Mm-hmm. Every year, right? It's, uh, it, it's like you and I as baseball fans. Like You and I know the business of baseball. Mm-hmm. And we understand from a roster composition standpoint, the, the Sox and Cubs against the world champion Astros. Mm-hmm. How, how can you get up there, right? But there's some that go to Arizona, go to Florida. Hey, man, I, I, you know, I've dealt with the winter. Here's spring training. I just want to be able to see my team win. This is going to be the year. How often have we heard that as fans over the years? When we, you and I both know, yeah, this roster's not good enough. Right. That's fans. Right. We get 
access to info, interviews, whatever it is that give us a window into what is going on. Mm-hmm. But our fan base is smart, man. Chicago sports fans are smart. They know their sports. I'm amazed at the number of people, like I would love to be able to roll back the hands of time and truly ask, do you, are you, do you really believe that's a 9-10 win football team or are you hoping? Do you really believe it? Because all you had to really do was go back and go, okay, he let James Daniels walk. I'm not telling you James Daniels is the greatest offensive lineman. He starts in Pittsburgh. He's a solid player. Sure, sure. Didn't really replace him. It was like the night before training camp. Oh, God. This thing's awful. Hey, Riley Reef, you want to play? Yeah. I got money. Hey, Schofield, I know you got really... You want to come play? Like, where would they be without those two guys? Mm-hmm. And then Allen Robinson, he plays for Los Angeles now. Didn't really replace him. Terrible. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean Tyreek Hill goes to Miami and the Chiefs go, Hey, Pringle, get out. Mm-hmm. We're good. The, the uh, Packers lose Devontae Adams. Equinemius St. Brown, get out. I mean, all you had to do is look at the moves they made and went, this roster is built to lose. It's period. But some are optimistic. And, and some, I love the passion about them. Some feel like, hey, I think that now that Nagy and Pace are gone, things are going to change. Well, things will change, but not on your timetable as a fan. Correct. Yeah, yes, you want the Super Bowl every year. Guess what? We want it too. Something that we don't say enough, and that is Cap and I, and I can speak for Cap in this regard, because we've been through it. Very rarely, but we've been through it. It is better when our teams win, the Bears in particular. When the Bears are in the playoffs, how how good the ratings are when the Bears are in the playoffs. Oh, my goodness. You see how many more people that listen, that get under the tent when the Bears are good? Now, all of a sudden, women, kids, guys that are not really in the football, all of a sudden, like, Hey, let me tur- turn up the radio. They're talking about the Bears. They're, do, they're good this year. Do we not get calls? Hey, you want to make an appearance at this place? Oh, or the I money. Mean, yeah. The money that comes. We <laughs> yeah. want them to win. Yes. Yeah, it's good for business. It's just, it's an awful, awful team. Yeah, it's it's good for business all the way around when the Bears are good. No one, no one's rooting for them to lose. But again, you have to see the forest for the trees. This team was never going to be built to be able to be a playoff team. This year... And more than likely, not next year. However, it's interesting that you have someone who just got to the Bears and Chase Claypool, who has become the moth in the camera light, by the way. You turn the light on, all of a sudden, here comes Chase Claypool with a thought. <laughs> like, hey, sit down with Jeff Joniak. Hey, he's got something else to say. Like, I'm amazed that the Bears put him out there front and center. Uh, I'd like to hear from, like, an established Bear. But nonetheless, Claypool has something to say. Some thoughts here from Claypool as the Bears get ready to take on the Vikings. Just a buildup of that game, you know, like, you know, like, I just always believe that we're, we're in every game no matter what the score is. Um, so if it's third quarter, we're down 21, like, I still think we can win. And I want I want to see other people believe that with me, you know. Um, I don't want people to get comfortable with going three and hour like, damn, we've been here before, you know. Like, we've been here before, and I guess, yeah, we know how to lose. I was like, not know how to lose, but, like, find that comfort and like damn this just happened last week or this just happened two weeks ago or three weeks ago we got to be uncomfortable with being in that position. see casting aspersions yes hmm. now i would have no problem if that statement was said by david montgomery mm-hmm. justin fields 
by him. He's been here nine seconds. He has done nothing to validate the faith Ryan Poles put in him when he made that trade. He came here with a reputation as being immature. When Mike Tomlin says, get out, yeah, give me a draft pick, get out. Hmm. And when he arrived here, there were people truly going, we got a number one receiver. They kicked him out of Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. He's not in their top two on a team that is not at this point in the playoffs. Not an offensive juggernaut. Can he become a good player? I hope so. But that, what he said, that I don't think he has the right to say that. If I was in that locker room, who the hell are you to talk with your one target? (laughs) I mean... Right. What do you think? Well, listen. Cap, someone has to say it. Someone's got to be the Miggy Montero of the locker room that Mm -hmm. say things that makes people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Now, we should probably whiteboard that whole uh, Montero thing with the Cubs, right? Mm -hmm. Did he not make a few people uncomfortable in the locker room? He cast some aspersions on Arietta. Remember, not holding runners on. Mm -hmm. On the record. On the record. Mm Mm-hmm. And immediately, Theo called away. You're out. Get out. That night. Yes. Released. Well, some people have to say, some, sometimes people are just honest to a fault. We get 99% of just gobbledygook and just lousy quotes, right? Yes. I mean, team-friendly quotes. I'll put it out lousy. I'll say team-friendly quotes. Here's Chase Claypool pretty much saying that you just can't get comfortable with losing. He says he's not comfortable with the losing. And he must be talking about some of those players and like, yeah, we lost. What's the next party? What's the next game? What's the next practice? I can understand where he's, where he's coming from from that. I wonder, do others feel that way? Or is it just Chase that feels that way? Remember, he comes from the Steelers where the standard is the standard. Correct. So maybe it's a little bit of a culture shock for him to see all these L's that the Bears are holding. Yeah, I would have preferred to hear it from a team leader. He's not. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred to hear him say, look, I haven't got off to the type of start I wanted to get off to here. But banged up and have not performed at the level I think I'm capable of. And I can't wait to get into the offseason. We can't be comfortable with what happened last week in Detroit rather than casting some aspersions. All right, let's open the phone lines, Shay. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. Chase Claypool said that the Bears need to have more pride. Do you need to see a better effort Sunday from the Bears against the Vikings? Let's get your phone calls in on that. Claypool says we can't get comfortable. Have the Bears gotten comfortable with losing? Have you gotten comfortable with the Bears losing? Let's talk about it on Chicago's Home for Sports. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Chase Claypool, the wide receiver for the Bears, said the Bears have to play with more pride. Yes, it's been a string of losses. It's been a frustrating season, but a season of evaluation, I think, for Ryan Poles and for Matt Eberflus. So Claypool says you just can't get comfortable losing. Just a buildup of that game, you know, like, you know, like, I just always believe that we're, we're in every game no matter what the score is. 
Um, so if it's third quarter, we're down 21, like, I still think we can win. And I want I want to see other people believe that with me, you know. Um, I don't want people to get comfortable with going three and hour like, damn, we've been here before, you know. Like, we've been here before, and I guess, shit, we know how to lose. I like, not know how to lose, but, like, find that comfort and, like, damn, this just happened last week or this just happened two weeks ago or three weeks ago. we got to be uncomfortable with being in that position. So the thoughts there from Chase Claypool. And so I get it, Cap, from where he comes from, Mike Tomlin would not. He's never gone through a losing streak like this. But then he's never had to absolutely turn his franchise upside down. Usually the standard is a standard. That team's usually 500 or above. And so he hasn't dealt with that. Now, here's the thing. From Chase Claypool, um, never confuse activity with accomplishment. Yeah, he was able to, to say that. But then as a team leader, I think it would resonate even more so. He's right, Cap, but is it coming from the right person saying that? He's right, though, isn't he? he some of what he said, yes. When you question you know, how players played, mm-hmm. I just don't think you're the guy to do that. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a team leader or people aren't going to listen. You know what I mean? I understand. Like if that was Cole Komet. Mm-hmm. Cole Komet's one of the leaders in that room. He could say it. Justin Fields could say it. You're like, hold on a second, dude. You've been here how long? A minute? Yeah. And how have you played? And did you have a little blow up on the sideline the other day that the quarterback addressed and even talked about? We've got the audio of Justin saying that can't, we can't have that. Mm-hmm. You want to have it in the locker room privately? Can I see you got a couple guys in here? Hey, man, this can't continue. Okay. To go have a tantrum on the sideline, have zero productivity, come in with a rep that you're immature, all of it together, I think you just keep that stuff in-house. So, Charlie, with all these losses that the Bears have had, and as we documented yesterday and and heard from Bill Belichick, you know, really singing the praises of the Bears back on uh, late October when the Bears beat him 33 to 14 as the last time the Bears won a game. So does Claypool have a, a a point when he talks about how the Bears are getting comfortable with losing? Yeah, I think he does because he's been in Pittsburgh, right? They have another chance to make the playoffs. They started two and six this year. They have a chance to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's seen what a winning organization looks like. No one else in that locker room really has. You could argue Economia St. Brown because he was in Green Bay, but I would say Claypool is more of a factor in Pittsburgh's success than St. Brown was. So I do think he has a point, and maybe they need somebody to tell them that. What's wrong with that, Shay? I mean, you got you got to be able to, at some point, and this is one of the things we talked about a few weeks ago, like you don't want young players, and this really seeps into the NBA in a big way. Because sometimes, and I've told you this before, Cap, too, is like in the NBA, the veteran in the room's 25. <laughs> like if, if you play for Sacramento, you're used to losing a, a ton. So there's no veteran that says, hey, guys, we can't be comfortable losing because that's all you're used to. That's your culture. In the NFL, in this situation, you just don't want the young people. And Claypool makes a good point in this regard. You don't want to be comfortable just saying, well, you know, up there in the front office, they want us to lose, so we'll just acquiesce and do what they said. Now, you want to be able to play as hard as possible, right? Yes, but what was your part? What was your uh, reference to the age of twenty-five in the NBA? Where sometimes the oldest guy in the room is twenty-five, twenty-six. 
We used to have an old head, like a James Buddha Edwards would be in there right. to straighten out a locker room, right? Donis Haslam. Haslam today, an old guy, but right? You, but you don't have to have an old guy. Who was the captain of all those great Blackhawks teams that won three cups? He was named captain of what, 19, 20? Jonathan Taves. So you can be young and wildly mature, or you can be wildly immature. Depends on the team. Correct. Depends on the player. It depends I, on the I, human. I just use the NBA as an example of, like, and, and use Sacramento's example of a team that's always losing and they're always building up draft picks, and it's usually the young people in the room that are making the decision instead of having a couple of old veterans in there, which you're missing the league. Like, hey, hey, turn this around. Correct. Don't worry about the party. Correct. Let's start working hard. Correct. And so you just don't get that. Old guy's accountable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's like what David Ross did, not as the manager, as the player. Yeah. What was he hitting, 200? Yeah, that didn't matter. He was a good defensive catcher, but he was a leader in that room. I just don't want the Bears to feel that way, too, where because they're going to turn this team over again. You just don't want young guys to be like, oh, well, front office wants us to lose, so we'll just do what the front office wants. We don't have to play as hard, don't have to practice as hard, because we're not held accountable. Correct. So that's why Claypool makes a good point in that. But if Komet says it, if Montgomery says it, like, okay, I get it. I don't really know if it makes a difference who says it. I think it should be a message in the locker room. We should think it's a message in the locker room anyway. Guys don't want to be losing. We know that. But I don't. I think it, Claypool's talking like somebody wants to be on this team. I like that. Mm-hmm. He's talking like he wants to be here next year. But he hasn't played like he wants to be here next year. He, I haven't seen him. So... I would rather Claypool let his game do the talking than say how much we need to be uncomfortable with losing and talk about what other players on the team need to do. He's got to show me that he wants to be here on the field. He hasn't done that yet. Well, that's, yeah. that's on Peterman this Sunday. It's like, hey, man, you know what we do on the, the backfields here? And give me about seven or eight targets. Let's, let's do what we do off to the side when Justin's not giving me the ball. Yeah, no shot. <laughs> Um, he says a little pride. We're yeah, fired I, up because, uh, you know, we can't lose that bad ever. So we got to have a little more pride, have a little more heart. Don't let that happen again. A little Brian Cox. Need a little heart. A little heart. Oh, man. Is he Orville Tessier? <laughs> Get a little balls. Uh, yeah, I disagree with Che. I don't have a problem with the right guy saying it publicly. It does not all have to stay in the room. I have no problem if it's a team leader. Mm-hmm. A guy who's been here for nine seconds and done nothing? No. Keep your mouth shut. You know, you asked before the show, Shay, whether or not the Bears should be able to, well, are we going to see a little effort from the Bears on Sunday? And, and, of course, the worst game we saw from the Bears, for sure, was against the Lions, 41-10. to 10, Both sides of the football. The defense was a sieve. The offense was a rumor. It was bad. But, you know, it's just like anything else in sports, right? If the other team has better talent than you, if they have uh, more of an opportunity to win the game than you, then you can try as hard as possible and you can still have terrible results. Like the effort you want to see. Okay, for me, as a Bears fan, I want to see it on the defensive end first. If your secondary cannot be able to make stops and you're just doing arm tackles, let guys go into the end zone like we saw in the Lions game, that's unacceptable. I don't care if you're trying to get the number one or number two pick at all. That doesn't matter to me. There is no effort there from that secondary. You got very little push from the from the defensive line because you're last in sacks in the NFL because you don't have the talent to get to the quarterback. So, I mean, I could ask for it. But now that we're at the end, I'm not sure we're going to see it. We haven't seen it for a long time. I don't know how that changes well, on I, Sunday. I think we saw it recently, actually. When they played the Eagles, that's 
arguably the best team in football right now. They have much more talent than you. They have as much talent as anyone in the league. And you played your ass off against them. And you had a chance to win that game. I mean, then you go to Detroit and you look like that. I think Eberflus, the one thing he really had to hang his hat on this year was as bad as this team is and as bad as this roster is, these guys showed up and played their asses off every Sunday. And that didn't happen last Sunday. And that was kind of like a cold water moment for me. Because they're out of gas, A. They're out of gas. They ran into a team in Detroit who just got impounded by Carolina. Mm -hmm. They're out of gas. Are you telling me that you think what they showed against the Eagles is a true representation of what the Bears are? No, I'm telling you, what I'm saying is they played hard. But I, I just said, Eberflus all season could hang his hat on the fact you had a, maybe the worst roster in football. But these guys showed up and played hard every Sunday, and they were in games against much better teams. And then you go to Detroit, and you lay down and die. That was a cold water moment for me where it just looked totally different. Hits principle goes out the window. Nobody wanted to be involved on defense. Guys are laying down. They're arm tackling. They're jogging down the field. That was a moment where I finally thought maybe the message in the locker room isn't getting through anymore. It's it works all season, and then you have this moment yeah. where it looks horrible. Yeah, agreed. It looked horrible. They're out of gas. They're done. They've got no talent. They're banged up beyond belief. There, and they ran into a team that had to win, and that said before that there is zero chance that team's beating us. They're out of gas. They're done. So we want to get your thoughts on what uh, Claypool had to say, whether or not you agree with it. Do you believe that the Bears are getting comfortable losing? And whether or not you feel comfortable with the Bears losing? Let's get your thoughts. 312-332-3776 on the Bears. Coming up, Luke Getze was not afraid to criticize Justin Fields. Some fresh audio that you might have missed. Stay tuned to hear from Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator, and we'll get your phone calls in here in our next half hour. It's Captain Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. Morning, 7 to 10 here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app, that same ESPN Chicago app in which you can find basketball. You with Tyler Aki. You're into college basketball. He's got it covered for you. Top 25, all the action around the state of Illinois and throughout the Midwest. Check out Basketball You. It's available on the ESPN Chicago app. Does he talk about Lowry Markinen? Okay, you heard me say college basketball, right? I don't know. Maybe he gives a little Arizona love and happens to divert over to Lowry Market, and we'll get to that later. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. We'll have Shot or No Shot coming away at 8 o'clock, and we're talking to you about the Bears. You heard from Chase Claypool earlier. Is he right? He says that the Bears have to be able to have uh, a little bit more effort, a little bit more pride. I'm a little fired up because, you know, we can't lose that bad ever. So we got to have a little more pride, have a little more heart. Don't let that happen again. 
So some thoughts there from uh, Claypool. Do you believe that he's right? 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Also still to come, some thoughts from Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator for the Bears. Uh, he was going after Justin Fields, I guess, in his own way. We'll uh, unpack that for you in just a moment. But first, we go to Bolingbrook. Here's Jim on Cap and J. Hood. Good morning, Jim. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, just real quick, I, every time I, I hear like the post interviews and just players talk, coaches talk, of course they can't admit that they're tanking and next year is going to be much better than this year. But I just want to get y'all take on that. Like, is this if you're looking at it from a rebuild perspective and what we have available going into next season, um, I, I want to just hear the comments on that in regards to the, the tanking portion of this season. Is it a real thing? Is it happening? And what does it look like for next year? Well, what, when you see that many losses in a row, what do you think that is? I, I think it's. I think from the, the 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 level of play that I see, minus the blowout game, I think I think the team is playing well. They show what they what they can can do. Whoa, whoa, with. whoa, whoa! I gotta interrupt you. Did you just say the team is playing well? I'll say the I'll say the 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 running game looks great. Justin Fields looks really good. Our offensive line is young. They're getting better. Overall. I'm looking at it as like, hey, are we really tanking? And and we because we know we're getting draft picks and we got cap space and we can bring in a couple, what I would say, superstars or better players, better receivers. Like overall, like Jim, no, they're three the and thirteen. Yeah, like that's what you do when you tank. That's why I just want to know, like, is this a tank season or do they really suck? Like, they really I'm suck. No, they, no, I'm really, it's... I'm confused. Like, I'm not even like trying to defend them. I'm like really confused. I don't L- know what. Like, what do you right expect now. next year? Like, record wise, right now, what is your heart or your gut? Your gut will never lie to you. Your heart will. What do you expect next year? My heart wants ten. My gut is saying eight and nine. There's no that's chance. It. Not happening. Wow, I'm I'm glad you guys gave me that because that gives me so much clarity. I appreciate it, brother. They are so far. They have the worst roster, Jim, in the National Football League, and it's not close. I guess I guess that you asked the question whether or not they just suck or are they tanking. The answer is yes. Yeah, th- <laughs> exactly. My my guy right there, hoodie. He's the GM. He's up there going, yeah, get Eberflus up here. Yeah, full- Fields is out. He's not playing. Pretty much, yeah. We're not going to screw up this pick and then let me go to work. But this is a long-term process. This is not, well, we got all this money and some picks. We can turn it. My, What did he say? My heart says 10. Yes. My gut, gut tells me eight. 8 or 9. Yeah. I know, but what, no what did we open the show with? What did we open the show with? We talked about how fans feel. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, here's Jim just really confused about what he's seeing here. After seeing all these losses and not sure, like, what is it? You know what you're seeing? You're seeing a team that's trying to get better and try to build on something. The coaches don't tank, and the players do not tank. Yeah. They made some business decisions last week on certain tackles. Certainly did. Which I understand that's the human nature. It just can't happen. Justin did not have a good game. He's also playing with a messed up shoulder, a bad hip. He's been sacked more than any quarterback in the history of the franchise. And we have zero impact players on this team other than him. Montgomery's a nice player. Like, there's no talent there, folks. Commit an impact player? 
impact. He's a good player. He's good he's player. The, I don't know if he's an impact player. Six or seven touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It's impact. Yeah. As a tight end? Versus what, he, versus what you had before, I'll take what we have now. Do you have any player on your roster other than the quarterback, and he's got a lot of development still to do, that you'd go, that could be a multi-time pro bowler, which means Jaquan at least Brisker. two. Maybe. 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 Uh, I just... It's just like any rookie, Shay. I want to see the evaluation. I want to see what it looks like moving forward. Like, this is, it's not like I'm also putting a stamp on Bellis Jones, also. Like, Bellis Jones hasn't given you anything uh, in the passing game. The hope is, is that in year two, that becomes something. Because if it doesn't, I will hit the roof because of that's wide receiver rich draft. And then you get up with Bellis Jones. And that's and you're not getting much from him, and he's not paying dividends for you at all, right? Like if you look and went, boy, we got a really good special team. That's one thing that sucks. He had to take him off punts because he couldn't stop fumbling. Hopefully I'll, next year he's better. I'll could t- I say that Khalil Herbert could be an impact player? Uh, he could, yeah, because that might be your next yeah. guy. I think that's the guy. next running back. I actually think going with Herbert's better than signing somebody, but that's just me. Go I ahead. think they're going to sign Montgomery. I do. Team friendly deal. Somewhere I think in the middle. he's going to get nice money. Not going to break the bank. He's a good dude in the room. He's a solid player. Like if I had to start one of the two, I'm starting David Montgomery every day. I love David Montgomery because he gives he's a, a damn. better player than Khalil Herbert because he gives a damn. I like the, the tandem. Yeah, like Chase. He's a solid impact. No, he's it's the guy. Let's hear from Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator for the Bears, here on Captain Jay Hood. So, listen very closely. This is 67 seconds. You tell me what you hear from Getze as he evaluates Justin Fields. Yeah, no, just like any other game. Yeah, no. Um, you know, first three drives were pretty good drives. Um, after that, I didn't think he played very well. Um, in the past game, you know, we, you know, there was a, we finished that first half. You know, he threw a great ball to Cole. We did, we lost the completion. Uh, we lost the protection on the very next play, or else, you know, he he put his eyes in the right place and looked, and he's about to rip it to BP, who was open. Uh, we just were able to miss it. The protection kind of got to him, and it was kind of like after that, um, we didn't really execute really well as a as, a, as an entire unit. It wasn't just him, I shouldn't say, but uh, and so that was a little bit disappointing. Um, but you know, take the fumble that he had, or the strip the strip fumble. You know, those those types of plays. Like we got to, you know, he snaps the ball. They're in one coverage catches the ball they, they rotate to a different coverage he's got to then play the play the, you know, with better instincts so there's things that we there's a ton of things that we got to grow from uh, those those types of opportunities and so that game gets evaluated just like every other game again I've, we're not going to make excuses about the way of protection is or the way routes were we, we, we all have a job to do and everybody will be evaluated for that it's interesting probably his I won't say harsh criticism but it's a stern criticism of fields is that fair to say is that the term Play the beginning part, just the beginning. I don't need to hear the whole thing. Well, he first says, "Yeah, no." You got to get past that. He says, "Yeah, no." Correct. Okay, so then, yeah, no, just like any other game. Um, you know, first three drives were pretty good drives. Um, after that, I didn't think he played very well. Um, in the past game, you know, we, you know, there was a, we finished that first half. You know, he threw a great ball to Cole. We did, we lost the completion. Yep. Uh, we lost the protection on the very next play, or else, you know, he he put his eyes in the right place and looked, and he's about to rip it to BP, who was open. Uh, we just were able to miss it. The protection kind of got to him, and it was kind of like after that. Okay, that's good. Uh, harshest, yeah, no, just <laughs> harshest critic. I don't. 
I think he's just breaking down what he hears. Do you th- Shay, do you think that's really harsh criticism? Stern. It's stern. Yeah, I mean, it's he's not uh, he's not using a pillow on that one. He's uh, he's hitting you with a hammer a little bit. It's, uh, well, it's not the normal pillow that you get from right. Gatsy where he says nothing. That's pretty good, though. That's good analysis. It's good, good analysis, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's, oh, my God, stern. Crit- like, if he had come out and said, yeah, no, uh, Justin had a bad game. He, if We love him, and he's our leader. He cannot play like that. Mm-hmm. He was not good. That's stern criticism. Yeah, you know, we had BP open, and the production kind of got him, and I thought the first three drives were good. Then I didn't think he played very well. That's, yeah, whatever. No, it's good, though. I'm glad that, I hope that all of his analysis is that way, because here's the thing that I don't like. I don't like when coaches lie or try to skirt the truth or try to tell you something uh, that they see that you don't see. That we, we all see something like, no, that didn't happen. I you don't like, like an that. injured groin. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> well, the, the young man, he didn't know the difference between a groin and a, well, clearly, Iberflus didn't know the difference between that's a groin my and a fault. Yes, that's, uh, that's my fault. Justin was day to day with a separated I, shoulder earlier in the year. Is this, why is this injury much more, that much more serious that he's out now? Yeah, it's just what the doctor said. That's what the doctor said it was. They said he strained his, his groin, and, and he's not going to be able to go full speed by, by Sunday. So that's just where it is. Is it groin or hip or both? It's a, it's a, I'm sorry, it's hip. My bad. My bad. My bad. Yeah. Doc, which doctor? That was the next Doc, I would, if I was in there, because mm-hmm. you know I don't care. Yeah. I would, excuse me, Matt, would that be Dr. Poles or who? Oh, get out. <laughs> Get out. Brandon Favor would come in and go, dude, I like you a lot. Get out. <laughs> Doctor, Is that Dr. Poles? All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. We're done. Thank you. <laughs> David? <laughs> a minute, please. Uh, Cap? Yeah. Uh, Matt and Ryan would like to see you in the office. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank you. Claypool will be next. <laughs> David Kaplan? <laughs> no, you're, you're out. Yeah, I need your credential. <laughs> Coming up next, did you know, you know, my guy David Kaplan, no longer part of NBC Sports Chicago. So he started a new career yesterday. We'll tell you about his new gig. Stay tuned there, Jeff Agress. You want to hear this on Captain J. Hood. Take that. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app with you till 10 o'clock. Then it'll be Mike Greenberg at 10, Carmen and Yurko at 12, Waddle and Meller from 2 to 6, Chris Black will be hosting solo on the Black and Abdallah show from 6 to 8 right into Freddie and Fitzsimmons at 8 right here on Chicago's Home for Sports ESPN 1000. Uh, so your afternoons are off uh, as of late because you're no longer uh, part of NBC Sports Chicago. Correct. It's a decision that you made to spend more time with your family, as most athletes would say. Uh, nonetheless, uh, as you were making your way around town, you uh, saw something. Tell us about your day after a great show on Cap and Jay Hood. Okay, so we had this great show yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I got done. I ran an errand. And then I went and I train every day with my friend Mike McLean. I go over to the gym. 
and Mike and I have this great workout, and then I'm going to go get a manicure. I like manicures. And I park my car on Lake Street. Can't find any spots. I find a spot. It's like three blocks from where I'm going to go on Canal. Park the car, pay with my little app, and I'm like, well, I've got about an hour and 15 minutes to kill. So I'll just go get my steps in because I try to get 10,000 every day. I go walking down Canal, I pass Randolph, I pass Washington, make a left. I stop down to see a couple friends who own a store down there, just say hi, pop in. All right, I got to go. I got to get back for my mannequin. As I get towards Canal, I hear all this noise, all this yelling. I'm like two blocks down. I turn, I come, I'm like, holy bleep. There's a Dodge Charger on its roof. There's a Jeep, and it's destroyed. There's a Jeep Grand Cherokee in the middle of the intersection. The wheel is broken off with the, like the bar that attaches it to the axle, and that's 50 feet away. And I see people down on the ground. There's ambulances. Like, what the? Like, that was right where I was going to be walking if I'm 10 minutes earlier. Get my camera, my uh, phone out. And I do a little stand-up, and I record it, and I look and go, oh, there's Channel 7. There's Channel 2. There's Channel 5. There's Fox. They're all come piling out of their cars. They haven't even got the video started yet. I'm already videoing. I've got the wrecked-up vehicles. And then I see a girl. She is crying. They have her on the stretcher, or gurney, as you like to call it. And they, she's sitting up with, like, the back part of it's up. She's sitting up. She's crying. She's got to be in her early 20s. And there is glass everywhere. And I'm thinking, man, how blessed am I that I was 10 minutes late? Like, if I don't go see my buddies over there, I I, I don't know. These people all were minding their own business, walking down the street. And boom, they're down. Four women hit. Crazy stuff, man. So I'm now a news reporter. So instead of just, you know, giving well wishes and just keep walking, nope, not Cap. I'm David Kaplan, and welcome. I'm here at the scene of the crime. Four people down on the ground, writhing in pain. Her face is a crimson mask. Blood everywhere in the streets. I'm here, and my report to you crazy, Rob Elgis. It's just crazy, man. Just be careful. I'm just telling you. I'm David Kaplan here at the scene of the crime. Cars everywhere, axles everywhere. I'm just telling you. If I was here 10 minutes earlier, that could be me on the ground. Well, back to you, Judy Sue. I'm just telling you, this was a disaster. Take that. <laughs> you should have my video, the audio of it. No, I was, I thought I was that's really all right. good. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> we, we've we, we've sent it out to uh, news stations around the city already there, as a demo for you. It's real. We're we're playing the part of agent here. And actually, Captain, what I just did much better. I because I because I locked it out. 
I thought I was. I didn't lock it out. No, I, I locked it out. Gave you a little Rob Elgus. Gave you Judy Sue. Mine more entertaining than your your maudlin, sad commentary on the streets of Chicago. I almost was going to do it like this because I was holding it up, you know, like uh-huh. a selfie. Holy! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about that? People almost died. Take that. <laughs> I got a stick. Let me see. Hmm. Still alive. <laughs> Tragedy. And you had to stick your beak in it. I just, just, just couldn't just keep walking. You, so, just want, you just want to do a little shade room, a little TLC. Oh, you, huh? If you walk by a car accident, what do you do? Like, wow, I can't believe that. I keep walking. That's sad. And then you go on with your day. Especially me, because I'm sure the cops will think that I had something to do with it. So you just keep it walking. Wow. That's how, that's how you do that. The four so you women? Try to be, so you being an eyewitness, hanging around, hoping the cameras would catch you. Four women, including two pedestrians, uh, crash happened just after 1 p.m. My manicure was at 1.45. I was coming down the street. Mm-hmm. And a witness told CBS News that the two of the women are in critical condition. Dude, it was a, it was a crazy scene, man. I'm telling you. I'm just telling you. Wow, I got a new career. Hey, Dirt, when's the last time you had a manicure? Uh, I don't know, probably when I was six. I don't know. Six? <laughs> yeah, man, I, I leave that up to the women, man. I ain't been had no manicure in the, in the minute. Shot or no shot in two minutes on Cap and J 